Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Osgood File. Sponsored in part by Auto Owners Insurance. The no problem people. Visit autoowners.com. This is Charles Osgood on the CBS Radio Network. Imagine how scary it must be to have an angry elephant rampaging through a village. In parts of India and Africa, it's a real problem as more human settlements put the squeeze on the elephant's territory. Now experts are working on a solution, an elephant early warning system. The story after this. There's an old saying, expect the unexpected. Wise words. Like suddenly remembering you left your garage door open when you're halfway to work. With a LiftMaster garage door opener with MyQ technology, you can use your smartphone or computer to control your garage door from anywhere, anytime. And LiftMaster garage door openers with battery backup keep your garage door working even if the power isn't. So be prepared for the unexpected. Learn more and find a dealer near you at LiftMaster.com. This is Charles Osgood. Why turn to a trusted choice agency for your insurance needs? Because trusted choice, independent agents have the freedom of choice. They can use their expertise to competitively shop multiple providers on your behalf to find you a range of options at great prices. And you get unbiased and unparalleled service from quote through claims. Let's find you a better deal. Find your local trusted choice, independent agent at trustedchoice.com. That's trustedchoice.com. Elephant attacks are common in parts of the world where humans are encroaching on what had been the elephant's home ground. By one estimate, 500 people a year are killed by elephants. Now, scientists think that they may have found something that can save lives, both human lives and elephants. They're working on a system that uses the many sounds elephants make to let people know what kind of elephants they are and even what kind of mood they're in. Angela Stuger, a biologist at the University of Vienna. Elephants produce a variety of different call types. The most common call type is the low-frequency rumble. And she says those rumbles can tell you a lot about the elephants well before you can see them. This monitoring system should basically tell whether it's a female group with infants approaching or whether it's a bachelor group of young males. Um, We can basically tell that based on pitch, based on the fundamental frequency, The male elephants tend to be the ones that cause most of the trouble. So it would be very helpful to know what amounts to a teenage gang of male elephants is heading your way. The experts hope to have a system up and working within three years, and they do hope that kind of early warning can help us and the elephants get along more peacefully. The Osgood File. I'll see you online at Facebook, Twitter, and at theosgoodfile.com. This is Charles Osgood on the CBS Radio Network. 
Hi, this is Brett Malik from the KCA Morning Show for 90 for Life. 2014 is here, and many of you are going to make that New Year's resolution to lose weight, feel better, get healthy. Well, I made that resolution last year to get healthy and feel a lot better. And you know what I did? I did 90 for life. 90 is the number of essential nutrients that your body needs to consume every day to achieve maximum performance. Whether it's losing weight, thinking clear, or building up your immune system, 90 for life is what you need to consume every single day of your life. It's not 90 for a month. It's not 90 for a day. It's not 90 for two months. It's 90 for life. So if you want to lose weight, you want to feel better, you want to get healthy, then I suggest you go to my90forlife.com slash breadonsports or call 855-909-3047. That's my90forlife.com slash breadonsports or 855-909-3047. Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company has been serving the greater Inland Empire for over 60 years. For all of your printing needs, from full-color printing to high-speed copying and everything in between, go to Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company. Their staff is committed to your total satisfaction. Great service isn't just lip service at Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company. It's the way they do business year after year. Having trouble finding drafting supplies? Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company still carries a complete selection. Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company is rated high in customer satisfaction by Value Star, an independent rating company. For all of your personal or business printing, call Redlands Blueprint and Commercial Printing Company at 909-792-3478. That's 792-3478. Or visit them on New York Street in Redlands off the I-10 and the Crosstown Freeway. The Inland Empire Express, 1050 AM, leaving no listeners behind. KCAA. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Westwood with the Political Hour, the voice of California's Tea Party. Today on the line, we'll have Tim Donnelly and Neil Kashkari. Republicans all the way. Oh, wait a minute. It is April 1st, isn't it? April Fools! <laughs> that hurt just to listen to. <laughs> that hurt to say it. But I had to do a political, you know, I had to do an April Fools joke. No, this is Mark Westwood, the voice of the proud Democrat, liberal, and I am, liberal loving guy that I am, uh, Progressive Democrats of America sponsored. Chuck Reuter, stop having a heart attack. <laughs> Welcome to the Political Hour. I couldn't resist uh, doing that. Uh, and welcome to Jacob Darabella, our host. Good uh, afternoon, Jacob. Hi. Always good to be here. Yeah, and it's good to have you here, too. We've got an incredible guest uh, that we'll be talking to in just a minute by the name of the amazing Cressman. <laughs> <laughs> the Cressman, as his the video Cressman, at the California Democratic Party conventions. Uh, Shown. And he is the unindicted, unconvicted Secretary <laughs> of State candidate. <laughs> we'll go into that. And um, uh, we've had some problems in the Democratic Party with others that have been indicted and arrested for various crimes uh, that are about an arm's length in length. But also, um, we will be having Eloise Gomez Reyes if she doesn't play an April Fool's joke. She's a little bit late. I'm hoping she's racing over the highways to make it here to KCAA uh, for her interview. This is her opportunity to tell the voters uh, who she is. Uh, 
the she is the also ran candidate, but not so much not so much longer anymore. And so we wanted to hear from Eloise Gomez Reyes, and hopefully she will show up. And she didn't forget about us poor measly people at KCAA <laughs> and Mark Westwood, uh, uh, who is not very important at all. So you know, I, 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 I hope that she shows up. Anyway, um, <laughs> promptness is part of being a good congressman. <laughs> congresswoman. Promptness. Okay, well, that's my lecture for today. With no further ado, I've wasted too much time here, and we do have some precious time here on the air. only get about 60 minutes a week. So um, I'm very proud of the work that uh, my colleague over here, Jacob Deravella, who is still attending high school at Corona High School. Norco High School. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> you do that to me every time I say Corona Norco Norco Ghana. Okay, he's still in high school in one of those uh, high schools over there in the Corona Norco area, and um, he has been doing one heck of a job. And one of the things he did was uh, talk to this amazing individual who I support wholeheartedly too, by the way, um, by the name of Derek Cressman. And I'm going to have him take the lead interview and introduce our guest today. Okay, uh, Mr. Cressman, are you there with us? Hi, Jacob. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you re- really well. How are you doing? All right. Uh, I'm great. It's great to be here. I, I thought I'd misdialed at first when I heard Mark saying uh, I was on a <laughs> party number, but <laughs> you got me with your April Fool's. Yeah, sorry about that. And I was the one who gave you the phone number, too, so that would have been on me. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to give you a quick introduction here. Uh, listeners, Derek Cressman has served as vice president of the State Operations for Common Cause. Um, it's a nonpartisan government watchdog organization. He previously held the positions of Western States Regional Director and Assistant Director for Election Reform. Uh, he's worked to pass and implement California's Independent Redistricting Commission, which in 2012 caused 14 House incumbents to be swept from office or opted against running and ensuring fair districts to keep uh, races competitive. And ultimately keeps representatives following the will of the voters. He also uh, worked to implement California's online voter registration system, which is a really great thing for people my age especially. Half of all new registered voters in 2013 did so on the new online system. Um, And they also, surprisingly, turned out at a higher rate, about 8 percentage points higher, according to governing.com. And also... He filed a successful complaint at the Fair Political Practices Commission that led to an investigation of $11 million that was secretly spent on our election in 2012. Two organizations linked to the Koch Brothers Network received a record fine as a result of Derek's work. So, Mr. Cressman, which one of these would you like to uh, talk about first? Well, I'm happy to talk about any of them, although I think the most important thing to talk about is what we can do going forward. And there's some big opportunities that our next Secretary of State will have to uh, expand voter participation through uh, striking down some of the bureaucratic barriers to voter registration, to give voters better information about candidates and ballot measures by upgrading our voters' guides to a digital format, and um, ultimately what I've been uh, leading when I was at Common Cause and want to continue as Secretary of State is a, a national movement aimed at overturning the Supreme Court ruling in Citizens United uh, versus Federal Election Commission, where, where we have five rogue justices, in essence, that are telling us that corporations are people with constitutional rights and that unlimited campaign spending is the same thing as free speech. So, you know, we have some real threats to our 
democracy on the one hand, but we also have some real opportunities to make things better here in California. Definitely, and that's that's a thing that's it, although uh, progressives seem to champion it lately. It's a lot of things that many Americans can really agree on is overturning Citizens United and it's number one on your website and your priorities is get corporate money out of politics by overturning Supreme Court rulings that corporations are people and that unlimited campaign spending is free speech. So uh, that seems to be your um, your real issue. Um, and you mentioned on your website, and I'd like to little, know a little bit more about this. As Secretary of State, you will hold hearings in every congressional district to let Californians know how their elected, elected officials have complied with the wishes of their constituents. So what's that exactly? Well, what I'm pushing for right now is a statewide vote in California that would give every citizen the chance to weigh in and call upon Congress to pass a constitutional amendment that would overturn Citizens United. When I was a common cause, I, I led efforts to get this passed at the local level in Los Angeles, in San Francisco, and we saw ballot measures passed by, by overwhelming margins there locally, 77% in Los Angeles, 82% in San Francisco. And, you know, that those are, are liberal places, I understand, but <clears throat> we also did the same thing statewide in Colorado and Montana, one of the redder states in the country. And, and Colorado passed with a margin of 74%. Montana passed with a margin of 75%. So this is something, as you were pointing out, that, that liberals, conservatives, independents are, are all outraged by. And I am confident that if we have a statewide vote here in California, it will pass in every county, in every congressional district, and what we need, then, is some enforcement mechanism, some way to hold members accountable. Because these votes aren't legally binding. You can't, under our Constitution, force a member of Congress to take any action. But mm-hmm. we have a long history throughout, um, going back to the Founding Fathers, really, throughout the history of our country, of voters instructing their elected officials to take action and then holding them accountable. And that's what we need to do here to really force some action um, on a difficult subject that, that, quite frankly, most incumbents would be happy to dodge because they're doing just fine under the current rules. But the ones who are in office now are the ones who know how to play the big money game. Definitely. Now, it, was Common Cause going the same route that the um, the 28ers and Move to Amend were going, uh, where they said, let's do a constitutional amendment um, to overturn Citizens United? Uh, because I know those organizations and several others were advoca- advocating in a lot of states for the same sort of thing, you know, pass this re- resolution and helping people pass the resolution even in their own hometowns. That's right. There, there, there are dozens of, of wonderful organizations, Move to Amend, Free Speech for People, Public Citizen, People for the American Way, uh, who are, are part of a fairly remarkable grassroots movement that is springing up everywhere. We've seen 17 uh, state legislatures pass resolutions calling for a constitutional amendment. I think we're upwards to, you know, 450 or 500 um, cities and towns that have taken this stance. So it's a remarkable show of public support, and we need to keep elevating that. And and that's uh, the the next step is is to have these statewide ballot measures, as we've done now in two states, and I'm hoping California can be the third. Um, I think then we also need to have candidates 
doing what I'm doing, who are running with Citizens United as a top priority as part of their platform, so that voters have a chance to demonstrate their support for this issue to the candidates that they're voting for as well. Yeah, it's definitely not something that uh, most candidates would make their priority issue. But I think for Secretary of State, it's very, very appropriate since uh, the job of Secretary of State, at least in California, is overseeing elections. Um, That's right, and that's why it's a particular opportunity in in Secretary of State races. You know, when people run for Congress, there are dozens of legitimate issues that, that people expect them to be taking issues on, you know, ranging from war and peace and the drones and taxes and choice and education. And oftentimes they find that those are, are issues that resonate and that they want to base their campaigns upon. But in the Secretary of State election, that's really focused. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overplayed by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. About elections, we have the opportunity and I think the obligation to really put this issue of, of corporate money in politics and Citizens United front and center. So that's why I'm making it such a, a central part of my campaign. I'm glad to hear it. Um, let's move to the to the next thing on your priorities on your website. Modernize California's voter registration and business registration systems. And uh, as Secretary of State, what control do you have over that, and, and what would you do? Well, the, the Secretary of State is actually legally required to build a new voter registration database in California. The federal government mandated that back in 2003, and they gave California $40 million dollars to build a new database, and I've seen now three secretaries of state fail to get that done. And why it's important is we've passed some very important reforms through the legislature already, things like same-day voter registration and pre-registering high school students to vote. These are some of the same reforms that we have seen uh, legislatures in other states, like North Carolina, repeal over the past year because they know they work to improve voter turnout, and and there is, quite frankly, a blatant voter suppression movement sweeping this country uh, by some partisan Republicans who, rather than win over the hearts and minds of people, have decided they want to keep them from voting, and that's atrocious and unacceptable. And, and here in California, we don't have that political problem, but we have a technology problem in that we haven't built the infrastructure and the voter registration database that we need to facilitate those reforms that have already passed. So that's why that needs to be a very high priority for whoever our next Secretary of State is to get that done, because these are things that could boost our voter participation rates by 5% across the board and more like 9 percentage points among young people. So really changing our electoral landscape for a generation to come with, with more diversity, more youth, and, and I think uh, we'll make wiser decisions as a state if we have that going forward. Definitely. And you mentioned in there that uh, there is a movement 
um, this voter suppression movement in the United States, and that's actually what our show last week was about, and um, I had a lot to say on that because it's one of my concerns, especially when it comes to um, limiting pre-registration and even, like I said last week, on um, in some instances in states, they made it so that you cannot vote using your um, college ID, but you can use a uh, concealed weapons permit, um, as well as they've taken, um, what's the word, ballot boxes, basically, out of colleges. And and in California, we have a form of pre-registration almost. As long as you'll be 18 by the next election, you can register to vote. And, um, and that's something that our county does. Really? Our county no. does that. Maybe Riverside County does that. But I don't know if that's in every county. It's not a statewide thing. No. Oh, I did not know yeah. that. Well, we've passed a law statewide that allows 17-year-olds to pre-register to vote. Um, and some counties are administering it, but it's not required to be implemented in every county until we get the statewide voter registration database. In place. It's an so excellent we're idea. We're making some strides, um, but we're, really, I'd like to see that lowered to 16 years, or, or ideally 15 and a half, because every 15 and a half year old is going into the Department of Motor Vehicles. They're telling the state of California their name, their address. They're verifying their eligibility to vote. We could be capturing that data right there and putting it into the voter registration database, saving a lot of costs reducing the possibility for errors, and you just put a field in there with their date of birth, and when they turn 18, it would automatically then be registered to vote. So it makes a great mm-hmm. deal of sense, and like you say, we've taken some initial steps towards implementing that here, but we need to complete it. Definitely. Um I want to move on to the next thing. You mentioned upgrade the California Voter Guide uh, to offer voters reliable information on candidates and ballot measures. Uh, Yeah. Go ahead. Right now, when you look at surveys of non-voters, the number two reason that they give for not voting is they don't feel like they have adequate, reliable information, especially about some of the down-ballot races like judge or a local bond measure thing. And... Secretary of State right now addresses this by sending out about six weeks before an election this very thick newsprint document. It's usually about 147 pages thick, black ink on gray paper, no photos. You couldn't uh, imagine a more boring document if you tried. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I, I've seen it on several times. My dad gets vote by mail, so we um, we get them in the the book you're talking about in the mail. And sometimes when you're reading it, you don't know whether you're voting yes or no on something means that you're approving it or not. Congratulations, yeah. Jacob. You're one of the only people that it'll admit to reading it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely. I go through it when it comes. I'm, Good for you. I'm a weird person. I'm the only person my age who can enjoy C-SPAN every now and then. But yeah, a but, lot of so people I think, can. you know, the, the state that brought the world YouTube and the Apple iPhone can do a little bit better. Why, why don't we create a digital app version of that official voter's guide? And, and let's give every candidate and every ballot measure a couple of online videos that they can use to just speak in plain language and explain what they're all about. Here's why I'm running. Here's I jokingly, what a yes vote just means. 
I jokingly told our registrar of voters here in San Bernardino County, Michael Scarpello, that we should make a Facebook game like Candy Crush. <laughs> Candidate Crush. Candidate Crush. Oh, there you go. That's, uh... Yeah, you know, there's a lot we can do to make elections more engaging. You, you mentioned the video that I'd created for the Democratic Convention. You know, it's a cartoon <laughs> animation about Crash Man. And, you know, it, we're trying to cut through some of the the wonky, boring issues that stake in a Secretary of State election and engage young people. For and our listeners, by the way, Mr. Cressman, we played that on, we played the audio on our show a couple of times. We were really impressed with that. And for our listeners at the Democratic Convention, I think everywhere in the state, if you Google Cressman, uh, you'll, you'll pull up this YouTube video, and it's actually a cartoon. But it makes very, very, some very, very valid points, and it, it's a it's a fun way of doing it. And I really commend you for that. I really was very impressed with that. Well, thanks. It was fun to record the the voiceovers for that. So that's <laughs> that's one of the things we can do in a digital voters guide. The, the other thing that we can do is we can compile all the campaign finance disclosure information that the Secretary of State is already responsible for tracking and pull that into the voter's guide so you could see the top ten donors for any candidate or any ballot measure right below their videos and get a sense of who's really backing who. And that can tell you a lot uh, as well uh, about a candidate or about a ballot measure. Uh, you know, a, a lot of your listeners will probably remember in the 2012 election we had this secret money come in to two of our ballot measures. Um, you know, from this group in Arizona called Americans for Responsible Leadership. And I worked at Common Cause to file the complaint of the Fair Political Practices Commission that eventually led to a uh, uh, $1.3 million fine against two of these front groups for the Koch brothers. And that was satisfying. It was great to see that, but um, we, we still didn't have that information in front of voters on Election Day. And, and, and that's one of the improvements that our next section state to make so that, that voters know who's really behind things when they're casting their ballot. Yeah, I'm definitely behind um, transparency in government, especially who's donating to what campaign, because a lot of times you know that money obviously comes with influence, and that's a big uh, word here when it comes to campaign finances. But my other concern about that is... Um, a few months ago, I was actually running for my local assembly district. There was no other Democrat, and I thought, you know, I can do it. I was 17 at the time, but I, I, I did it anyway. And I found out that the hardest part of it wasn't going out. It wasn't talking to people. The hardest part was figuring out what the heck I have to do with the FPPC and with the Secretary of State. And they do not make it simple for everyday candidates. Um they make it so you pretty much have to hire someone knowledgeable about it. And so I really wish that there's a point when we can see that transparency and accessibility for all candidates has to uh, um, work alongside each other. I think that's right. And, and I hear that same type of complaint from a lot of local Democratic clubs and local Republican clubs who are relying on a volunteer treasurer to keep track of you know fairly low budget activities, and they don't have the funds to hire a professional attorney to do these filings for them. And one of the things that other states have done, like Florida, is creating an online filing system and making that available to campaigns for free. Excellent idea. So that you're not struggling with these somewhat arcane forms that the Fair Political Practice 
Census Commission makes available as PDFs that you could just enter your data right there on a screen and, and have um, the Secretary of State's office compile your report for you. So I, I think that's an improvement uh, that, that we should be working towards here in California. It would be a great resource. And I know personally in my county, in Riverside County, um, they have, as long as you're running for something that's a local election like city council or even supervisor, you can actually do it online already in my county. But that's just one county in California. I don't know what other uh, counties do it. A lot, of, a lot of counties have that. And again, that, that's yeah. a tool that we should roll out and, and make available everywhere. And it's not just the filing of the Form 460 and, and that sort of thing. It's also knowing where your contributions lie and what you can accept and how the, the, the amounts and everything else. It really, um, a lot of registrar voters are starting to do you know, candidate training classes on that, and that's an excellent idea, and I think it should be a statewide project as well. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, we're coming up to a break really soon. I'm not sure. You mentioned that um, you have to you have an event at seven or something. I'm not sure if you would be able to stick around a little bit after. Um, I, I can hang around for a bit longer. Okay, well, um, we got a couple of minutes yet. Yeah, we do. I'm just I just yeah. wanted to <laughs> check yeah. in on that. Um, okay, so usually it's not a good thing to bring up to other candidates their their opponents from the same party. But there was an event that happened about a week ago that is pretty much makes the exception. And I want to talk about Senator Leland Yee, or who was a senator, um, Leland Yee, a little bit. Oh, do we have to bring that up? Okay, but okay. <laughs> I, I think it's. I think we have to talk about it. Of all things, um, to be running for, he's running for Secretary of State, and then gets you know corruption charges and even gun trafficking charges on him. Um, how do we keep our politicians accountable? Um, do, does the FBI have to step in every time something's happening? Or <laughs> or is that the FPPC and the Secretary of State should be looking out for things like that as well? I'm not... Clearly, you know, something rotten is going on in Sacramento, and, and it's not just the allegations against Senator Yee which were jaw-dropping, I, I must say, but also, you know, Senator Ron Calderon accused of bribery, and Senator mm-hmm. Roderick Wright has been um, guilty by a jury of lying under oath. So, you know, these are three pretty serious, very serious ethics violations in the course of a couple of months that suggest to me that we've got a, a culture of corruption in, in Sacramento, and the Secretary of State can certainly you know, act as a bully pulpit to call out bad behavior. But I think what we really need is to create an an independent ethics commission within the legislature, which is what Nancy Pelosi did when she went to Congress uh, after uh, winning the majority in 2006. She campaigned on draining the swamp after the Jack Abramoff scandals and Tom DeLay's indictment. And she created the Office of Congressional Ethics that comprised of former members of Congress and that has a permanent staff and subpoena authority to investigate um, allegations of, of ethical wrongdoing among members of Congress and, and not just leave it up to law enforcement. Because, you know, by the time something is, is so egregious that you're talking about violating the law, You've got really serious problems, and you've got a lengthy process of investigations and, and due process, and I think it would 
be much better if uh, we had an institution that was independent of, of current members of the legislature, but able to deal with um, ethical transgressions before they balloon to such epic levels uh, as we've been seeing. And, you know, it's partly, in, in fact, that, you know, these guys were on something called juice committees. Juice, like orange juice, where they, they, you know, they had tobacco and firearms and gambling and that sort of thing. Those particular committees we really, really need to focus in on and, and I think pay attention more closely to than like the agricultural committee or something like that. Because there is so much corruption involved with those things. They tend to gravitate towards those types of things. Um, don't you agree? Yeah, but... You know, I, I, I think we need every member of every committee to be uh, adhering to the highest ethical standards, and, and we've clearly failed in that in the California Senate right now, so we need to do some pretty serious thinking about how to restructure things there and take some actions to make sure that this doesn't happen in the future. I think the Senate should be acting in a more forceful way than they are right now, where they have suspended these three senators, but they have not expelled them, which they could do. And that means you've got three million people in three different Senate districts right now, effectively without representation in the California Senate. That's a really bad thing, not to mention if you're a Democratic Party activist. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kristen, you know that the Democratic Party, because of all this, lost their supermajority in the state Senate. Um, uh, you know, that being said, maybe that was a byproduct of that being there. I think it's also a byproduct of maybe extreme term limits that we have, creating this constant revolving door. And, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of things we can point to. But let's point back to your race, Mr. Cressman, because I think it's very important we get you elected. Um, before the, we go to break here, um, how can our listeners, uh, uh, if they're impressed by you and, and would like to support you and the honesty and ethics that you extend here and your great uh, plan for California to help uh, revitalize voting and, and whatnot, um, how, how would they get involved in your campaign? Well, probably the easiest thing to do would be go to the website, DerekCressman.com. They, they can sign up to get email alerts. They can check out our schedule of events. They can make a contribution there. Uh, we have a petition going on, on my effort to have a vote uh, uh, against Citizens United. So it, it's all there at, at DerekCressman.com, and, and folks can get involved in that way. Oh, thank you very much. And, uh, Jacob, uh, you know, I know you've got something to go to at 7 o'clock. So, uh, you know, we don't want to hold you back because we're already past. We're almost about 6.35 now. We already passed our break, and they're looking at us in the control room. So uh, <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to let you take this to the break, Jacob. And thank you on behalf of me, Mark Westwood, for being on uh, the political hour. And uh, I'm going to hand the reins back over to uh, Jacob to wrap this segment up. All righty. Thank you, Mr. Crespin, for talking today. Um, if you're listening right there now, go to DerekCressman.com. Find him on Facebook or whatever other social media outlets he's on there. Um, running for Secretary of State. Um, Derek Cressman, Secretary of State. Vote for him on <laughs> June 3rd. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Have a good day. The Political Hour will be right back right after this on KCAA, 1050 AM. 
It's easy to take your world for granted. Most days go by without a whole lot of surprises. But what if a disaster strikes without warning? What if life as you know it has completely turned on its head? What if everything familiar becomes anything but? Would you be prepared? Before a disaster turns your family's world upside down, it's up to you to be ready. Get a kit. Make a plan. Be informed. Today. Learn how at www.ready.gov. Ready.gov. This message brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency and the Ad Council. I'm Mia Mocha, and Mark Westwood and the Political Hour will return after this word from Jim Hightower. Where's Charles Dickens when we need him? The novelist who laid bare the shame of gross income inequality in 19th century England came up with some perfectly fitting names for his fat cat characters, including Scrooge, Mr. Tulkinghorn, Miss Havisham, and Nickleby. So I'm wondering what moniker Dickens would have given to Robert Marcus. He's the CEO of Time Warner Cable who has just won gold in the Greed Olympics for grabbing the most gold with the least effort in the shortest time. Marcus became chief of the cable company on January 1st, and he immediately reached out to his corporation's biggest rival, Comcast, offering to sell Time Warner to that giant. Only six weeks later, the deal was done. Why would a CEO rush to eliminate both his corporation and his own job? Perhaps because of a lucrative little provision in the contract he signed to become Time Warner's honcho. It's a CCC, a change of control clause. This is yet another way for CEOs to feather their own nest, for a CCC hands a big golden parachute to the top executive of a corporation that gets sold. In this case, Robert pockets $80 million. Yes, that's roughly $1.8 million a day for each of about 45 days he worked to sell the company. What we have here is a perverse form of incentive pay for corporate chieftains. Rather than rewarding them for outcompeting their rivals, a CCC encourages them to sidle up to their competitors and whisper, Psst, want to buy my corporation? This is Jim Hightower saying, Not only did Marcus sell off Time Warner, but his self-serving deal will also sell out untold numbers of its employees who will be made redundant by the merger. We hear about America's widening gap in income inequality, but here we can actually see it widen. One rich man gains an extra $80 million, and hundreds of workers lose their income. What do the corporate powers from Wall Street to Walmart have in common? They hate the Hightower Lowdown. You can see why at www.hightowerlowdown.org. 10.50 a.m. KCAA. NBC News Talk Radio. KCA 10:50 a.m. We're over here dancing. If you can see us on stream. I think we're supposed to talk because it's a radio station. <laughs> Despite the fact that we have cameras on us here, and Mr. Chuck Reuter is, uh, let's say hello to Uncle Chuck. Uncle Chuck. Hi, Uncle Chuck. Um, now I'd like to introduce our guest here. Oh, we don't have one. Apparently, slated to show was uh, the congressional wannabe. Uh, 
Eloise Reyes Gomez. Yes. And uh, now is her time, you know, what she didn't know is out here sitting in the lobby were seven people with checks. Uh, no, just kidding, April Fool's. I don't know what happened to Eloise. Um, gee, we had her set just yesterday. It was all confirmed, and this was her time. You know, she spoke about, uh, uh, in the papers quite a bit, about not getting representative uh, representation in front of the clubs, not, you know, getting her chance to speak. And, you know, I wanted her to get that chance to speak, particularly because that race in the 31st Congressional District has changed so much, Jacob. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, when... I started to hear the candidates, and I went, Eloise Gomez, Frank Reyes' wife? Really? She's running for Congress? Oh, that's nice. <laughs> and, you know, I, you know, and then she got all the support from Emily's list, and, you know, she started rising up. And, you know, but Pete Aguilar was the guy. He's the guy, triple, DCCC, with all the endorsements and, you know, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom and probably, probably 17 congressional representatives from California. And it's been a tough road for Eloise, but she's been trekking up that, that ladder. And I thought, you know, let's get in here and talk about how she picked onions at age 12. And, you know, see how you pick an onion. <laughs> Maybe that helps her be a political sexual. No, uh, no, I'm just kidding you a little bit. you got to razz her a little bit because she's not here. And But, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is if you want to be a congressional representative, you've got to keep your appointments. And, and being on the radio where, you know, we have at any given time at least 1,500 listeners or more. And really over the course of a day with those podcasts and everything, we reach about 400,000 people. And, you know, we have all this, this great stuff on KCA. Let me give you some totals at KCA. It's pretty interesting. This radio station is the, the little radio station that could with its one kilowatt of power. Um, it's not a little, but, you know, we have over 225 thousand web listeners in 155 nations so you you campaigning for congress you know you maybe want to get donations from people that's a good that's a good thing we have a, a podcast view page per year to date of 1,620,914 views okay suddenly i'm nervous because i didn't know all this <laughs> yeah exactly you know we have 35,891 monthly kcaa website visits 35,000 a month now, you know, if you're a candidate and you want to have a little rally or something, you're lucky and you're happy if there's a couple hundred people that show up. But, you know, every 15 minutes we're getting refreshed with another 1,500 people driving down the road. And for the money and for the price, for the candidates to advertise, for the candidates to get their message out, KCA is one of the only local radio stations that does that. You're not going to get that at KFROG. Or maybe you would, but it's at 530 in the morning on a Sunday. Or you might get that, you know, at another, you know, radio station. But, you know, KCAA is the place to come. This is the Inland Empire's only independent news radio station uh, with all kinds of news and views. And it's the kind of radio station I like. And so, you know, I kind of get a little bit offended when you don't show up and I've made space and time for you. But, hey, we'll talk about another great variety of issues here. You know, I'm going to do something just for fun. And, you know, as we go on here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out a line here. At one eight 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 nine zero nine ten fifty. That's one eight 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 nine zero nine ten fifty. We don't normally take listeners, but we might take a few listeners, especially if you have a view on the thirty first congressional race, and uh, you know that could be anybody. So if you want to call in at one eight 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 nine zero nine ten fifty right now, we'd be happy to talk to you while we're talking about some other stuff, Jacob. So I've got stuff to talk about. Wouldn't it be something if the guest called in? Uh, well, you know that that would be a good thing. Uh, uh, you know, in two weeks from now, we have Pete Aguilar, by the way. I did not know that. Yes, Pete Aguilar is coming. Next week, uh, we're going to be talking about how the Progressive Democrats of America lobby 
congressional members and their letter writing campaigns and how they visit congressional offices and what they talk to them about. But, you know, we had that song Happy on just a minute ago, and I wonder if we could roll that a little bit here because I think our president's got some happy feet going right now. <laughs> he does. He must be. You know, he's gotten such criticism over this. I mean, it's, they, first of all, they tagged the Affordable Health Care Act with the Obamacare. They kept calling it Obamacare. And the Republicans were saying it was a failure. It was a failure. And all of a sudden, 4 million people. Now, the original goal was 7 million people. And the deadline was just yesterday. The next enrollment period will be November. But the deadline was just yesterday. Did they make it? Did they make the seven million? That's what I've heard. I've heard that as the the last totals are still going in because they allowed people right. who started the application project. Uh, they met their goals process. and surpassed seven million people. Oh yeah, the largest single enrollment and a social program ever in the history of the world, in the history of the nation, just got performed by the Obama administration. So it was a it was a tough start. It was a rocky start. It was a, you know the website going down and everything. That things happen like that. Hello, Republicans. Uh, you want to call in on that one here? You know, you want to defend your stance that it was a failure? Oh, no. You're it's it's kind of quiet right now, isn't it? one 909 1050 Tell us how that's failed. Seven million people, and they're getting health care. People who never had health care before. That's that's a really good thing. Family so, members. In yeah. a personal way, I know so many family and friends who now have health insurance for either the first time or they have it after not having health insurance for a long time. Seven million, million, million people. <laughs> That's a lot of people, folks. So congratulations to the Obama administration, the administrators of the affordable health care, the website providers and producers. And they've got a lot of work, and there's still a lot more work to do uh, because the people in the United States need health care. And, you know, I was, I was reading some arguments on Facebook and you know the Republicans are being partisan still you know why should I use my taxes to pay for those people those other people to have health care and somebody said something really sensible he says well I can't see my taxes going up actually I think my taxes went down last year and he's right it, you know for the middle income people taxes actually went down but he says why shouldn't I be compassionate and help people I think I like the idea that if I pay a little bit more taxes my neighbors down the street are going to have compassion and health care and maybe survive and live. What happened to the golden rule? That's right. Do unto others. Well, they they perverted that to say the the one that has the gold makes the rules. I'm sure that all came out of their heads right now. That's so totally wrong. That's so totally – if talk about, you know, if you want to like pornography or anything else, that's a total perversion. The golden rule is do unto others as you would have done unto you, correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's not, you know – totally religious or biblical or anything else. Oh, no. Every, that, everyone said it. Even, you know, even Buddha said it. <laughs> that's right. Ethics and ethics. And, and so, you know, that's – I'm happy to see people starting to come around on it a little bit of that. And, you know, I think the people who have tagged our president with Obamacare – Obama does care. Obama does care. And he's now owning it. And he's going to be like uh, <laughs> the guy up in Canada, Jimmy Mulroney, who is like uh, – yeah, he's a national hero. <laughs> you know, so congratulations to that. Uh, you know, we've got about 15 minutes to go here, and uh, you know, lots of things going on here. Um, the congressional filing deadlines for the latest quarter ended at midnight last night. The Federal Elections Committee says, okay, this is the reporting period. You must report by that. So all the congressional candidates were really working hard to get in those last few dollars. Oh, yeah. And if you're on any email list of any campaigns, you probably got many emails yesterday. Oh, 
<laughs> I've gotten emails and emails and emails <laughs> from people like from out of state. I don't even know who they are. Yeah, and even groups too, super packs right. trying to get in those last dollars. Trying to get in those last dollars. It'll be interesting to see, you know, um, especially in the 31st congressional race, which covers most of this area, by the way. Uh, this station really covers the 31st congressional district. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, if Eloise has more juice. You know, she lent herself $100,000, and then she raised quite a bit from Emily's List, an organization with the sole purpose of one thing. Their mission statement reads just like this, to elect candidates who are pro-choice. So, you know, that's, that's a pretty interesting, you know, main one goal, I guess. So, you know, for a lot of people who disagree or don't agree with that, she raised a lot of money. She's a candidate hinged on that issue. So it'll be, I was kind of in, interested in talking to her about that and how she raised her money. But I, it was going to be a friendly interview. It was going to be an interview. <laughs> we talk about her family, talk about, you know, that onion story. I want to hear it. I want to hear, you know. I haven't heard this onion story. Oh, it's all over the Internet. It's all over her webpage. If you go to her webpage, she talks about earning her way through college, digging onions. Oh, wow. So I think that's pretty commendable, actually. That's not a put-down. Yeah. That's not a put-down at all. So, and then we have Congressman Baca who has he's dubbed himself as a political reform educator on his candidate statement, on his uh, ballot, you know, with a, the designation, the ballot yeah. designation. Yeah, political reform educator. Interesting. Uh, okay. Everybody else is businesswoman or businessman. Uh, Pete Aguilar is mayor slash businessman. Eloise is businesswoman slash lawyer. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I guess, you know. There's a joke going around. Do you do you know what they call a herd of uh, apes? A Congress. That's right. <laughs> so there's a lot of people that don't want to be <laughs> don't want to be identified that way, I guess. And Mr. Baca, I guess, didn't want to be identified of the years yeah. and years of service he did. Speaking of which, have you seen the latest numbers on um, all the retired, all the House members retiring? It's no, like twenty three already. Twenty three, and it's still going up. There was another one yesterday. He said, "I'm not running again." The incumbents just dropping like flies. Yeah, they're getting jobs. Like Bill Emerson got a job as a lobbyist <laughs> uh, in the state of California. Or, you know, Gary Miller just decided, we're done. I'm, I'm done, you know. Um, but, you know, in, in California in the 31st, I think it's looking more and more like we're going to have two Democrats in the top position in June. The reason I say that is because the Republican candidates are kind of disintegrating a little bit. Um, first of all, we find out that uh, the the Republican endorsed candidate Leslie Gooch or Goch, who I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Cock, uh, G O O C H, is a, a lobbyist, of course, and she's been connected with Jeff Burham of the Colonies case, the $120 million fraud case against the county of San Bernardino. So that's going to be a, a tough one for her to come out away from. And then uh, Paul Chabot is preaching a lot about medical marijuana, and there's more information coming about his credentials. Uh, Republican talking about medical marijuana? Yeah, he's against it. Oh, okay. That's his main issue. Um, what a weird issue to pick, <laughs> especially now when the tides change so much on that. Right, right. It, yeah, and... Uh, and especially not even to go against recreational marijuana, but to go against medical marijuana. Right, right. So, yeah, and Uncle Chuck is on the line. Oh, good. Hi, Uncle Chuck. How you doing? Oh, hold on. As Mia says, hold on. Are we're you there? Oh, we're here. Are you there? Yeah, I am. I feel your presence, sir. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I got a question for you. Sure. The ballot designation. You know, you can't put anything on there that you want. They have rules. I'd like to know who makes up those rules. 
because I don't want to put down a computer system manager. I want to put down I'm an activist, but they won't let me do that. Go ahead. Yeah, and I agree with you. There's been some controversy over that in San Bernardino County. A sheriff's candidate uh, who is the current sitting appointed sheriff um, put uh, down, you know, about five different or four different titles and then at the end put appointed. And the other, his opponent wanted him to put appointed first and maybe one or two of those titles, but not, you know, like four titles. Why does everybody else get to do that? Well, he successfully argued that that is what he does, so that's what he got to put on there. I'm... I think that has to do more at the state level. I think that's the FPPC or Secretary – no, Secretary of State. I know that's uh-huh. not at the county level. It could be. It could be. We should have talked to Derek yeah. Cressman about because, that. Because – well, I saw the rules for it when I when I was running. It said you can't use any word that um, tries to convey a virtue or tries to convey something good, really. <laughs> and it should be what you do. I mean – uh, Mr. Baca, for instance, says he's an educator. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never known him to teach in the classroom. Maybe he has a teaching credential. Uh, he was on a school board. Well, that's the same problem. College board, maybe. That's the same problem with uh, Dan Schnur recently. Um, he Running what? for Secretary of State. Yep. Yeah, Dan the Republican, Schnur. yeah. Yeah, and his was a, like almost the same sort of thing, political reform advocate. Um, right, and, 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 they, and the California Democratic Party sued on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Eric Bauman. In fact, uh, he's my Facebook friend. He posted. Hey guys, how important do you think it is to have the uh, the ballot designation? I mean, uh, for example, um, Chris Marquez has got retired Marine sergeant. Well, it conveys what he did, and I think it's very important because you know a lot of voters get in the ballot box and they may know one or two candidates they're going to support and they're going to vote for, and then they go down the the ticket. And they're trying to figure out, okay, well, this person's a teacher. They can't be all bad. Or, you know, this person's a lawyer. I'll never vote for them. <laughs> I think it really is. That's why, unfortunately, my dad didn't vote for Kerry. <laughs> yeah. Um, who is the third in line to the presidency now? Um, the Secretary of State. I think it's important, Uncle Chuck. Hey, I want to get an announcement in here. Maybe you've got an announcement, too. Um, the Democratic Club of Moreno Valley is having a... Meeting, there are meetings are always so much fun, Uncle Chuck. And it is coming up tomorrow at 7 p.m. at the Caliente Bar and Grill at the corner of Alessandro and Frederick. So if you're at Moreno Valley and you want to attend a Democratic club and see what Democrats look like, <laughs> or, or have a lot of fun, because Mina and Radian here are a lot of fun. Wednesday, April 2nd, that's tomorrow, 2014 at 7 p.m. at the Caliente Bar and Grill at Alessandro and Frederick. Do you have anything you'd like to announce, Uncle Chuck? No. Not at this time. <laughs> and yes, we're interviewing right now. Eloise Reyes Gomez. Talk, Eloise. Oh, dead air. Dead get him. Anyway. <laughs> hey, I want to talk about fracking. Fracking is a good thing to talk about. It's quite a jump. <clears throat> yeah, but you know, we're, we're, we're multitasking here. Uh, and fracking, there is Senate Bill 1132, which would be a fracking moratorium. For our listeners, what fracking is, is how they get... Um, it's natural gas out of the ground. They they pump really a lot of water at very high pressure down into a hole. And chemicals. And chemicals. And chemicals is very important. Very important. And <laughs> and it cracks the uh, shell down there in the earth. And when that those cracks happen, natural gas gets released up through it, and they're able to farm it. The problem is while they're doing that and the chemicals and all the natural gas and everything, it tends to pollute the groundwater supply, number one. 
And it's, it's kind of an ugly, dirty process. And so everybody, including the chairman of Chevron, doesn't want it in their backyard. <laughs> uh, but, you know, call and urge your senators uh, uh, and urge your, you know, state assembly people to support that bill, SB 1132. Um, moving on just a little bit. we got a, a few more minutes. Uncle Chuck, you still with us? Yeah, I am. And I want to ask, uh, ask you all something. Uh, I found out through the grapevine that the Koch brothers own some place in Canada where they're going to sell the that, that oil they want to ship down to uh, Louisiana. Do you know anything about that? I don't, but I can tell you if the Koch brothers are involved or the Koch brothers or, you know, the guys that look like the uh, the cough drop brothers, but that's in WS. Um, if they're involved, there's going to be money somewhere, and they're they're seeking it. And you know, there are people who work to serve others, and there are people who work to serve themselves. I say that about politicians. That's about people too. Are you talking about the the controversial pipeline, the XL? Yeah, uh, the pipeline. Oh, yeah. so they're going to benefit from it? Yeah, and they're pouring all kinds of money into. Oh yeah. Yeah. Before we go, while we have the next five five minutes or so, I want to talk about the Ukraine. And the reason I want to talk about it is that Congress just uh, passed a another aid bill to send the Ukraine $10 million. Uh, it was a bipartisan vote, Republican and Democrats. The vote was 378 to 34 to uh, help our, our fellow people in the Ukraine. Uh, what do you think about that, Uncle Chuck? What do you think about that, Jacob? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, at our next PDA meeting on April 12th, uh, we're going to have a gentleman speak about that. Uh, and his source is going to be the Nation magazine. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's what we're going to be doing. Yeah. So the uh, PDA Progressive Democrats of America is a nonpartisan group. It's uh, uh, that uh, meets, uh, but it's a progressive group, and they meet in Riverside, and they have different dis- study topics and issues, and they they meet and discuss it. It's a very interesting, uh, lively debate. If you ever want to go to it, when is that next meeting? Uh, April twelfth. Saturday, April 12th, uh, at noon at the Mexicali Bar and Grill in uh, Riverside at the corner of Spruce and Chicago. Okay. Thank you. Very well. And, that, and you know, going back to the uh, Ukraine, the assistance package uh, includes uh, loan guarantees to Kiev and uh, steps up an array of sanctions against uh, top Russian officials and others tied to the invasion of Crimea, which, of course, we know is a part of the Ukraine that Russia decided was part of them. Was theirs. And was theirs and said, <laughs> mine, I'm taking. And, you know, uh, that's pretty aggressive. And so far the world's been pretty easy on them. I, I think we've kind of, you know, stepped aside. We don't want to get into a war and, and that sort of thing. And I, I can understand that. Um, yeah, yeah, but you got to understand something else. That Ukraine, I understand they had uh, people from the far right want to take it over. And that's why they, people say that's why we're supporting them. Against uh, against Putin and people, because there are people in the Ukraine who, you know, look at the Ukraine was settled by a lot of German people, okay? Because the Russians didn't have any farmers or whatever, so they put these Germans out there. Anyway, um, uh, uh, we're, we're, we're going to cover that at our next meeting. Right. And, you know, one of the differences, they had two bills, and... The House GOP was really pushing one through. They wanted to actually pass it without a roll call vote, and uh, and, and that didn't go. So the Democrats came back in, and and the difference uh, uh, between the two chambers' bills was resolved by passing a separate measure that is meant to provide a, a a surge in programming by outlets such as Voice of America into Eastern Ukraine. In other words, we're going to try to educate them, which is a really really smart thing to do. 
Um, you know, that's what we should have done in Iraq. That's what we should have done in Iran. That's what, you know, we should have done in Afghanistan is once we get in there, we, we go fight, fight, fight. But then we start at the tail end, you know, educating and, you know, get, exposing them to good programs and programming and bringing in the dish satellite TVs and stuff like that. I think if we did that first, I think we change minds and win hearts first. I think we have an easier time. Don't you? Well, let me tell you, uh, from what I understand, the Republicans are really heavy going to war, want to go to war, want to go to war. President Obama is, is beginning to look like a very, very, he is a smart man, but he's beginning to look even smarter. Because, you know, who wants to go to war, I mean, if you don't have to? And I think he's feeling pretty smart with those uh, 7 million uh, registrations for the Affordable <laughs> Health Care Act, also known as the Obamacare. Before we go, we just have just a couple more minutes, Uncle Chuck. It's a pleasure to have you on the phone. And I'm I think let you go. Jay, oh, well, hey, oh, wait a minute here. Don't, don't run off so fast. <laughs> Next week, we have an exciting show as well. It's a show you've planned. Uh, this show was uh, planned a lot by Jacob today, and he did an excellent job uh, yeah, viewing, did. Uh, interviewing Mr. Cressman. But next week, tell us a little bit about the show next week, which is going to be about uh, the letter-writing campaigns and stuff like that. Yes, the letter drop. Uh, PDA had letter drops all over the country. With, and we drop letters off at the different uh, congressional office, okay? Uh, I, I, I do Calvert, and my buddy Cliff, he does Takano. So uh, anyway, uh, we're going to talk more about that next week then. And the week after that, uh, maybe possibly future Congressman Pete Aguilar, the mayor of Redlands, will be here. And, of course, we'll be talking about some other subject matters, too, be announced. And we have just one more minute. Jacob, tell us, uh, you got something fun going on here in, in the political world? You're phone banking right now, aren't you? Oh, yeah. I've uh, um, Just so that I want to look cool, I have this headset that I have at home with a microphone built in that's uh, admittedly built for video games, but... <laughs> this is Jacob. Be... Other people video game. You phone bank. I love I you, thought, Jacob. I, thought, I love you. And, I and what he does is he logs onto the California Dem website, probably. Well, no. For these candidates uh, right now, they have their own independent uh, system where it's you know it gives you a phone number and it gives you a name and you call them. And I'm just using Skype um, and I have my microphone, so I don't have to hold my phone to my ear. And it looks really cool. <laughs> all these phone calls. He's probably still playing with his Game Boy on the side too. This guy can multitask like. All right, it's going to be uh, an exciting week next week. Thanks to Uncle Chuck. Thanks to uh, uh, State, Secretary of State uh, Derek Cressman. Uh, sorry, Matt Damon and Eloise Gomez, we ran out of time. And thank you, Jacob. <laughs> Have a great day, and we'll see you next week, 6 p.m., right here on the Political Hour on KCA, 1050 a.m. Thank you. KCAA's Inland Talk Express. KCAA, Loma Linda, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. Consider checking out the World Exotic Travel Club. The World Exotic Travel Club is an online community of people who have been on adult-only vacations. They can share information and give you traveling tips on the best places to go for you. It's a great place to meet other open-minded people and to trade information, stories, and pictures. You can do that on the World Exotic Travel Club. You'll find the World Exotic Travel Club at worldexotictravelclub.com. That's worldexotictravelclub.com. It's free to join and free to use. Join today and meet other fun-loving, open-minded people. 
Don't miss a minute of the action. Check out the podcasts at www.kcaaradio.com. The station that leaves no listener behind, AM 1050 KCAA. Today is April 1st, 2016, and this is episode 297. This program is intended for informational and educational purposes only. Cryptocurrency is a new field of study. Consult your local futurist, lawyer, and investment advisor before making any decisions for yourself. Welcome to Let's Talk Bitcoin, a twice-weekly show about the ideas, people, and projects building the digital economy and the future of money. My name is Adam B. Levine, and today we shadow LTB host Stephanie Murphy at the recent Texas conference. From Cointalk to Dorian Nakama 